Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to a day of prayers morning Bible study and we're so glad you could join us. But before we get into the word, let us take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you for everything in our lives, Lord. We just thank you that you continually show yourself, Lord, and that you make your grace and your mercy known to us, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for your forgiveness, Lord, in our lives, Lord. And we just thank you that we have the opportunity to forgive those around us. And Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, and that he is with us and always present to help us through every situation, Lord. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our study in of the Word and in the book of Acts. This morning we are in chapter 21, covering verses 15 through 25. So I want to encourage you, if it's your first time joining us, to go ahead and pause this episode, or if it's not your first time joining us, and you just want to refresh on these scriptures, take Pause the episode, take the time and opportunity to read that section of scripture just to make it easier to follow along in the discussion. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And now, at this time, we're going to open the floor and give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you may have. So, who would like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. In the previous episode, Dad, you had talked about the Jews and looking at Paul going, well, if Paul isn't keeping the law of Moses, then he must not be a follower of the Lord. He must not love God. And I just wanted to tie that to what we see today in, the, in you know, modern day, I'd say America, because that's the country I live in. But just in general in society, we'll look at people and go, well, because you're not tithing in church or you're not giving up an offering or you're not doing these things, you must not love the Lord. Or you are doing these things, so you must not love the Lord. And as not true, Paul says, I'm not exactly sure where he says it, that he strives to know no man after the flesh, but after the spirit. Because why? The flesh is deceptive, and that's not a representation of the true man on the inside. That's the spirit. And only God knows the thoughts and intents of the hearts and can distinguish the person from the action. So I just the Lord reminded me of how important it was to remember that when we interact with people in our everyday lives, not to look at what's presented to us on the surface, because oftentimes that is, um, I'd say deceptive, if you will. It's not a true representation of what is actually occurring. Um, so it's just important to seek the Holy Spirit and ask him what he says about every situation and every interaction, because he'll tell you the truth and only the truth. Amen. That's a that's a great point you bring up, right? And, and you definitely see that, especially in verse 24, right? It says, this is James talking to Paul, right? And he says, hey, there's these four men have taken a vow. Take them, be purified with them, and pay their expenses, and that they may shave their heads, and all uh, that all may know that those things which they were informed concerning you are nothing but that you yourself also walk orderly and keep the law. 
you know, as you brought up many times, people are quick to, to receive a word from someone where it's hearsay. They've only heard about certain things. They don't know the individual as opposed to, well, let's go see from myself. And first and foremost, even before that, why don't they just bring it before the Lord themselves? Or what do you say about this person and about what they're teaching and doing? Right. And, and this is not an excuse, right? The law is very complex. But what, what was said about the law? If you try to follow one thing of the law, mm-hmm. you're guilty of all of it. Mm-hmm. Well, there was 600 something. And then by the end, it, was, it ended up being 700 something laws that people were trying to follow. That's a lot of laws. How how can you possibly get them all? Yeah. Right? But but you would want grace applied. All right, just just think of it again, a parent to a child, right? Yes. How many instructions does a child receive during the day and <laughs> and they're basic, right? Hey, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. Hey, don't take stick out, that in that wall outlet. Don't right. look. Don't stick that Thank in the you. socket. Don't touch the stove. <laughs> take out the trash. And and how many times do we come back and hey, how come the trash is still there? How come? Or, or the kids walking towards this the light <laughs> socket with the pointy object with the fork or something. Right, They're exactly. Like, no. So, so you're like, hey, wait, wait, what are you doing? Or why isn't this done? Right. But and then wait, we all want grace. Well, oh, I forgot about that one. Oh, I forgot. I, right. Was it always. It's always the, the excuse or the answer given, right? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. And grace is requested and, and desired. Okay, well, why can't we show that same grace, which is a demonstration of love, right? And yes. obedience to the Lord and what he commanded towards our fellow brother or sister in Christ. Unifying instead of dividing. So here James is talking, he's like, I, I know you're not this way, but this is how they understand you. So you see, I'll say twofold, right? The love aspect being fulfilled. James is saying, this is the perception of you and what they have heard that you teach and how you are and carry and conduct yourself, hmm. right? So he's, he's yes. giving him, if you will, uh, insight into how those in Jerusalem perceive him. Hmm. Go ahead, honey. Oh, I was going to say, but also James writes later on, he's the one who says that whoever shall keep the whole law yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. Amen. So he's, in his writing, he later tells them about righteousness that doesn't come from the law. And he begins to teach differently than maybe he was at this point. It's possible. Because he encouraged Paul to partake and keep the law in this regard. Mm-hmm. But later on, and this may have been the situation that the Holy Spirit used to teach James. Your righteousness doesn't come from this. Amen. It comes from grace, and it comes from faith in God, but not you keeping the law. Because Amen. also, and we kind of think of things in a temporal thing. If you're guilty of one part of the law at one time, you're guilty of it forever, of the whole thing forever. We think, oh, I'm just guilty right now, and I get a do-over. Absolutely not, because without the blood of Jesus Christ— there is no uh, redemption from sin. Down to the third so and fourth generation, he says. If you commit one sin at one time, you're guilty forever. 
That's actually how it works. They weren't, the, the blood of bulls and goats isn't enough to cover. It's still there. It doesn't remove the sin. Mm-hmm. So the blood of Jesus is the only permanent forever sacrifice. So even in that, I, I think God used this opportunity to teach James as well. Amen. But, and we're all learning, right? So there's, there's two things. James is providing insight into how the people perceive him, what they have heard, mm-hmm. right? Again, hearsay. But Paul also is demonstrating the love aspect by saying, it's okay for me to do this. You're, you're not asking me that. I mean, Paul would have already been, quote unquote, mutilated, right? Because he was a Pharisee among Pharisees. So he would have followed all those, those things. But not the Gentiles that he was with, who are, if you will, yes, they're Gentiles, but now they're grafted in and part of the seed of Abraham because they believe in Christ. He was saying, you don't have to do that. You don't have to follow these things. Right? Because, yes. again, it's not about the fleshly, outward appearance of things. It's, is your heart clean? Is your heart pure towards the Lord? That is what's required. So we see Paul also demonstrating the and fulfilling the love commandment by going, it's okay, you, you want me to take a, a vow, whether it's a Nazarite vow or whatever the case is, I'll, I'll do it. And the people that I'm with will do it. That's, that's not a big deal. It costs me nothing. These, I'm just living how I normally live anyway. Mm-hmm. And those were the other people that he went with to the temple. They weren't a part of his party. They were a part of the crew that was already in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and Paul joined them. And that's actually because someone made an assumption, and we'll see that in the next section of verses. They made Absolutely. an assumption that Paul took his um, Gentile friends into the temple and started the whole thing. So, you know, when, when I was a new believer... I was, I was zealous for God in this way. And unfortunately, my zealousness, because I was new, I just had a little candle on the inside of me of the light of God. And I, I was excited about God, but oftentimes it led to me being very um, harsh towards other people and judgmental. So, so in that little candle, you were lighting a lot of things on fire? With my little, yeah. Exactly. Creating a lot of little fires with that this, little candle? This little light of mine. <laughs> yeah, I was taking my little candle and trying to throw everybody else out and accuse everyone else and say they weren't doing enough when really I had just, my little candle had just been lit and I didn't have enough understanding to go, you know, God was gracious to me with my mounds and mounds of sin that are behind me. Let me love the ones next to me or around me so that they can find the same grace that I did, which I think is a point that you were referencing earlier, mm-hmm. um, and you as well, Leela. Um, but I, I wanted to judge them because my flesh was still a roaring voice on the inside of me, and my flesh was violent. My flesh would have rather seen somebody run over with a car two or three times than see them find grace. And, you know, you can go, Kamisha, you are harsh, but you, all humanity is like that. All flesh is like that. It's, it's murderous and a villain there without Christ Jesus. There wouldn't be so much Jesus. division in the world to include, and especially the church, exactly. without that being the case. Exactly. So that's what flesh looks like. Murders come out of the flesh. James and, write about, writes about that as well. And I say that to our shame. <laughs> to, exactly. But you see the, the carnal part of me. I was a carnal Christian at that time. I, I indeed had taken my vow with Christ. I, I had said I do to him. And indeed, I was sincere in that. But the ruling factor in my mind was still all of the natural things that I had learned. And so likewise, for these 
messianic Jews here, because if they had fully understood the principles of God, the ones that believed on Jesus Christ, they would have been as a side, they would have kept for the most part, the law as a, as a result of them walking with God and in love for him and sincerity towards his word, the righteousness would have come out of them out of love versus them seeking to do the law to earn their righteousness and then kill anybody else who gets, who offends their flesh. So the fact that they were still, um, in a a negative judgmental standpoint, instead of hearing what God said, but, and the fact that they were ready to kill and, and cast him out says that they weren't overcome and matured in the love of God as they thought they were, but they were yet carnal Christians ready to enact ungodliness on someone else to prevent someone else from being ungodly. Think about that for a second. I'm going to do evil to stop you from doing evil. Wait, I'm pretty sure. How will that work? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Lord said, judge yourself and make sure that you are in the way. Not- he also said the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Amen. Again, James writes that, and perhaps uh-huh. that is after this takes this whole scene with Paul takes place and the Lord has a chance to minister to him. The James, the brother of Jesus Christ, had to come a long way of unbelief of, first of all, that his, his big brother was in fact the Savior. But then even still, the things, everything that he thought was the right way to go, God turned it upside down and said, here's the truth. Here's real understanding. So, so just so we're, we're clear for the listeners, that yes, James, the brother of Jesus, earthly, natural brother of Jesus, while even operating as one of the heads of the church in Jerusalem, did not have it all together. He had not arrived, he had not been perfected, but was still working out his own soul salvation. Oh, absolutely. As we all are. I, I, want, I just want to bring that up because many times there can be a, a misperception or a misunderstanding that, oh, well, just because someone's a pastor, that they have it all together. They know everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything there is to know. Well, I assure you that uh, that's not the case. Mm-mm. But each one, every one of us, every person and part of the body of Christ is still being perfected, is still being refined, is still learning, is still growing, is still maturing in the Lord and in the things of the Lord. Absolutely. And Paul writes that himself. I have not yet attained. <laughs> I haven't arrived. I'm not saying that I have, Amen. you know, I've, I've met, I've reached this marker already, but I'm still pursuing Christ. So that is absolutely the truth. And <clears throat> excuse me, we will continue to be perfected until we are transformed until we come into the heavenly community, whether it's by um, natural death and going into the eternity, or it's by being caught up in the air to meet Jesus and we're still alive and, excuse me, he returns. But in all things, we are still being perfected. So I love how God does this. I, I love how he's able to take a situation and bring about his results. It reminds me of Moses when he was going to Pharaoh, mm-hmm. everything Moses did c- prompted and it kind of unleashed a negative response from Pharaoh. <laughs> Amen. And, you know, you might look at that and go, oh, avoid trouble, avoid trouble. Which then Moses prompted did. another plague and another, absolutely. And the, even the children of Israel back then, they blamed Moses. They said, just leave us alone. Goodness gracious, you're making it worse for us. But God, you set trouble to deliver them, right? 
Yes. And Moses ended up wasn't doing anything wrong, but his presence and his voice gave opportunity for what was on the inside of Pharaoh to come out, stirred up that bush, if you will, so that the bird would fly and then the Lord could take care of it versus the children of Israel spending another 400 years waiting for a slow paced deliverance. The Lord said, no, today's the day. Let's go. Uh-huh. And he took an opportunity to do that over the course of the days he set apart. So even here, the Lord is using this as an opportunity to get Paul where he wants him to be. It's not a coincidence that Paul is both a Jew and a Roman citizen. It's not a coincidence that he's here at this time. It's not a coincidence. So just delighting ourselves in that truth about God and not being afraid of things, not being um, a smiley day, you know, a flowery bed of ease for that one side, but also reminding us, don't be carnal Christians. Don't look after things with your eyes and think you are wise enough to determine and judge the content of the heart of that creature that you did not create and that you are judge enough to punish them and decide their fate and their future. The Lord will decide he alone is judge. All he needs you to do is obey him and you walk in love. You reconcile. And if it's something wicked, then you turn away. But he doesn't need you to bite and devour. He doesn't need ungodly, unrighteous acts from us and doing him a favor. Because this group that is going to be crowded here is not all just unbelievers. So, keeping that in mind. Amen. Well, very quickly, um, what Lila had said about mixing up, saying that because people aren't doing certain actions that they're not believers, and the Lord brought me to... James, let me flip there. James one twenty six through the end of the chapter, where it says, If any among you thinks he is religious and does not borrow his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Mm-hmm. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Amen. And Lord's showing me that with this scripture, James was saying that it's not about the actions of what people do. I'm not saying James wasn't saying that as you can do all these other worldly things, but you can still be a part of the body of Christ Mm -hmm. and you can still love the Lord. Mm -hmm. He was saying that in order for you to, in order for you to say, in order for a religion to, a quote-unquote religion to be good also has to be in alignment with the what the Lord has said. Mm-hmm. And if you read Galatians 5, 19 through 21, it talks about the works of the flesh. And if any mm-hmm. of those are present, then you can't love the Lord because we know that we know that because inside of John, it says that he who loves me will keep his commandments. Me is as in the Lord. Mm-hmm. So there are times where we are not fully developed and we still have some works of the flesh being evident, but it also lets us know that at the very least we're out of alignment and we should close our mouths, put our eyeballs and focus on Jesus and our relationship with him and get ourselves straight so that we work out of our soul, our soulish man, any evidence of the flesh being um, in in operation. And and by closing your mouth, you just mean... From the 
the back and forth, the, the bickering, the arguing, the, the potential infighting. Jealousy, murder, yeah, exactly. all of those things, they should no longer be a part of us. But clearly open your mouth to the Lord, repent, bring it into alignment with Him. Exactly. I mean, stop judging other people. Get I out of their just business. just want to say <laughs> Thank you. plainly. Yes, the, get out of everyone listeners. else's business and focus your eyes on you becoming right before the Lord, you being... Um, pleasing to your heavenly father and let him deal with his other creation. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we just thank you for today. And we thank you for another lovely opportunity to discuss your word, Lord, and share and hear from you, God. We thank you for our partners and our listeners, that they're being blessed and that they're excelling and growing spiritually as well as naturally, God. We thank you for all the good things that you have created for us to enjoy, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry inspiring messages and coupon codes for the merch shop visit our website adayofprayer.org click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form be sure to check the box that says subscribe thank you for listening to a day of prayer we trust the lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with christ Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.